Hey everybody, welcome back to the Multifamily Live podcast. This is Morgan Hamer, the production manager of Seven Figure Flipping and Seven Figure Multifamily. Y'all, Multifamily Live 2023 is just a few weeks away. Have you gotten your ticket yet? If you haven't, check the link in the show notes to this episode. And if you're still on the fence about attending, check out this presentation from Peely Arusi from last year's Multifamily Live on how to vet a sponsor. It's an amazing presentation and only a snippet of what you can expect at this year's Multifamily Live. It's happening June 1st through June 3rd in Franklin, Tennessee, just under Nashville. That's enough for me. Here's Peely Yerusi. So I was going to do my whole funny shtick on... Stand up, let's play Peely Says and do the whole neighbor thing um, and make you give them your money. It was going to be really funny, but instead, I'm going to tell you a story because I want to follow up what Bill said. I talked to so many future sponsors or even even people in our mastermind group. They're like, Peely, I really want to get that deal. I really want to get that deal. I mean, you, you saw Nusha and Marcel up here give you the deal that didn't work. And I want to follow up on that because I want to remind everyone that we're using other people's money. And sometimes this term investor becomes this very like, obtuse term when we're, especially when we're in the thick of it, we're trying to find that deal. We're trying to fund that deal. We're trying to get our lives to that next level. Again, it's back to providing the opportunity, serving them. If you serve them, you serve yourself. So imagine for yourself for a moment here that you're not coming into this as a GP. You're coming into this as an LP. You want to invest your funds. And you worked really hard for that, those funds. So for me, growing up, I didn't have a house. I always had a home. But I didn't have a house. Like, my mom didn't have a house. We lived with my grandparents. We lived with family for years. It wasn't until, like, I think I was eight that we finally had a house. I go through high school, had a great high school experience, go to college. I really, really wanted to go to NYU. I wanted to go to New York and do Shakespeare for the rest of my life. And I thought I was going to make a billion dollars doing that. I didn't get to NYU because it was too expensive. Didn't get enough scholarships. My parents said, you pay for it or you don't go. So I ended up going to a state school, which was fantastic because I believe everything happens for a reason, right? Didn't have any debt growing up because it was really cheap and I got all the scholarships necessary and I worked my butt off. I had five jobs during college. Like you name a job, I probably did it. I worked at the library, I worked at the food line, food court, I cut fruit. I can cut a mean piece of pineapple. <laughs> and it helped out in my bartending career later on. And you've heard, you heard Jason me talk about bartending and we tried a whole bunch of different things until we finally found real estate and now I get to be up on the stage and I'm a multi-family syndicator owner operator we have over 160 million dollars of assets under management and all these things that I get to say that I have under my belt but I wanted to start from when I was a child so that you know I worked really hard to be where I am today and so are all of you and so are all of your investors. So I want you to put yourself into the mindset 
of an LP right now. And like Bill said, also keep in mind as a GP, as someone who's gonna be offering these, these amazing opportunities to others, that you have a duty towards them and towards yourself and towards your families. But if you're using other people's money, you are helping them build their legacy. So you wanna make sure that you have a team in place, that you have your Thor, your Hulk, your Iron Man, and your, your Black Widow in place. Having a team is so important because this is how you help others build their legacy. So know thy sponsor. Acronym, I couldn't help myself. S, sponsor first. I know I just told you passive invested first this whole time, but I'll get back to that. Sponsor first, performance history, offering analysis past and present, now, like in trust, strategy and criteria, opportunity with education, and repeat investors in access. So I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of information, a whole bunch of questions that you, you're gonna wanna ask. Please keep your phones handy so you can take pictures. So, sponsor first. So I actually want you to repeat this after me. Sponsor first. Deal second. Sponsor first, deal second. I want you to remember this because we do not invest in deals, we invest in people. Because any deal, any deal, whether good or bad, can go really bad with a bad sponsor. You can have the best deal, but if you have a bad sponsor, that can go down deep really good, really bad. So. Sponsor first, deal second. There are two roles in a real estate syndication, the sponsor, general partner, and the limited partners, passive real estate investors. The sponsor is responsible for leading the transaction and executing the business plan, whereas the limited partner's largest responsibility, it's not the only responsibility, is to provide funding for the deal. The reason why I don't say it's the only responsibility is because as passive investors, you have a responsibility to vet your sponsor, to make sure you're investing in good people. Real estate investing is a relationship business. What do relationships equal? I swear I'm gonna get you all to scream that by the end of this, by the end of these three days. Relationships equal partnerships. The investor is investing in a sponsor first and the deal second. Selecting a sponsor to work with is crucial, crucial step, and it is important to find someone who has a strong track record of success, has a team in place, and is someone you know, like, and trust. So, performance history. Here's are some qu questions you wanna ask. What is your background in real estate and how many years have you been in the industry? What is your track record in multifamily syndications and have you ever taken a deal full cycle? Take a picture of that. Now a lot of you are asking me, but Peely, I'm just starting. Like you might not have any, any, and bless you, any background in real estate. 
See, Jason and I, when we got into large multifamily, I had already been an agent. We got, in, we got into flipping, wholesale. You heard the whole story. But some people start off as engineers. Some people start off their restaurateurs. Some people start off as pilots. So how do you deal with this? Relationships equal partners. Thank you. Your partners. So when Jason and I started, we didn't have any multifamily syndication experience, but we were able to use our mentors, to use those people that we had brought along with us on the journey, those people that we knew could help us. We could put them on our deals as advisors, as investors. So that's how you don't necessarily get around this. What you do is, you know what? You're, you be truthful. I have all this experience in being a pilot. I have all this experience in other entrepreneurial um, businesses. And then you tell them about your partners and you give them access to those partners. Opportunity, which we've talked about a lot, and education. How well is the sponsor educating you? As sponsors, we have a duty to make sure either our investors are educated or that we educate them. Do you have access to basic terminology and basic multifamily strategy? Are they, are you letting them know what you're doing on a step-by-step -step basis? If they have questions, are you actually answering their questions? Are you taking the time to talk to your investors? Or do you have places where you can say, please go to my website and here are a list of the basic multifamily terms. Some of the terms that I'll be talking about a lot. I would love for you to go over this before we jump into this investment. Actually, let's go back to that. I didn't get to that second part. It is our duties as sponsors to make sure passive investors, I'm just gonna repeat this, as limited partners know and understand the type of investment they're getting into. So as passive investors, you need to educate yourself. But as sponsors, you need to make sure your people are educated. Now, I know it's not spelt correctly, like and trust. Now, like and trust. Now. Do it. Now. Thank you. What is the timeline of your due diligence period, and when are you funding? This is a very, very important question. If they're saying now, it's not actually or not necessarily a good thing. One of the questions that you want to ask them is why are you funding so quickly? How long was your due diligence period? And if they say, oh, it was really short, like two weeks, that's another big red flag because you're like, well, Sure, you should have at least a 30 to 45, sometimes 60 day due diligence period because you want to get all that information as a sponsor. But if they're saying that they're funding really quickly, you can also think to yourself, why? Why haven't they funded this yet? I mean, you've heard Bill say, sometimes we'll fund a deal in hours. And that's because we've had those conversations with people. That's why we keep on telling you, have conversations with people. Make sure you have a docket of investors that you can go to once that deal hits. So when you ask this question, why? Sometimes the answer is a very good one. In fact, I have a story for this. A group of investors, actually three of them, one of them approached Jason to ask us if we would partner up on a deal with them. He said no. 
another one of their partners came up to me and asked me the same question. I said, yes, but why? Why do you need us to come on? And she had said that one of the partners thought he could raise the funds and he's coming up short. And that's a valid answer. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes we think we can do more than we can. And that is okay. And plus, I knew, liked, and trust, trusted that sponsor. So we jumped into the deal with them. It was a very lucrative deal sold a few months ago. So like and trust. You may know, like, and trust the person you are speaking to, but there are some key questions. Can you describe some of your partner sponsors in the deal, this deal? Are you the main decision maker? If not, who is, and will I have access to them? It is okay if you're partnering up on a deal, and this might happen a lot in the beginning, where you're not the key sponsor, but your investors, they have a right to the access of that key sponsor. At least I think so. They have a right to the information that that key sponsor can give them. They have a right that if a deal should, should, should go bad, who can they turn to for all the answers? Of course, they should be able to turn to you, but if they want to go the next step up, they should know the other partners of the deal and know, like, and trust them as well. Are you getting everything that I'm going through? Is this, is this really good? Okay, just making sure. Strategy and criteria. So there's gonna be a long list of questions here. Take out your phones, because we're gonna try and go through this really quickly. Because this is all stuff that you should know and go over as you're going into deals. Because chances are a lot of you are going to start passively investing. It's a great way to learn as well. That's how Bill did it. And as you're jumping into the sponsorship role, these are the things that you should be asked or the information that you should be giving. How is the team structured? How many partners are in the deal? What type of asset class do you invest in? What is your investment strategy and criteria? How well do you know the market you are investing in? If you talk to me, I always say one of the first things that you want to figure out is what market you're in and then deep dive there. Huge deep dive, because you need to know that market. What is your typical hold period? How do taxes work with this investment? The sponsor should have an answer for you and then after that say, but please check with your financial advisor, your CPA and your attorney because we are not that. As sponsors, we are not attorneys. We are not, unless you actually are. We are not accountants and we are not financial advisors. What does a worst case scenario look like for this investment? You've heard Jason explain that when we underwrite properties, we underwrite for the worst, worst case, base case, and best case. So your sponsor should have all three of those, all three of those answers for you. And how do you typically structure a deal? Is there a preferred return? And Chad just went over deal structure. Offering analysis past and present. This is another way and another reason a mentor or really good partners with track records can really help you as you're starting along on this journey. Can I see past offerings, past deals? Could you give me a scenario in which a deal went badly? What did you do? So Jason and I don't actually have one that ever went badly 
but will let you know about bad things that have happened and how we went about taking care of them and how we were very communicative, can't get that word out of my mouth, to our investors. We let our investors know everything, every time something went good, every time something went bad, and it was big and was, it may have hurt their profits, we let them know about it. Can I see a comparison analysis of your offering versus some of the actual results that you've had so that your investors can be educated on what could happen? Let them know how you've you've performed in the past or how your partners have performed in the past. Repeat investors and access. So I told you the story about Andy yesterday. Bill's also one of our repeat investors. How many of your investors are repeat investors? This is a really good metric to have, to know because that just tells you as a passive investor that there are other investors that reinvest in this person. And can I speak to any of them? It's one thing to say you have repeat investors, but for someone to actually go, oh yeah, you can go talk to Bill Allen. He'll tell you all about some of our deals. That would be a great person to have behind you. So this is why you want to take care of your investors because they're going to become your biggest supporters. Even if they're not on stage, even if they're not like all over Facebook, if they're willing to talk to other investors and if you're doing a good job for them, they'll want to help you. So think of this as references. You wouldn't hire an employee without talking with firm, former or current employees, would you? It's the same thing. As passive investors, you're basically hiring a sponsor to take care of and grow your money. So you want to know that they have the background in order to do that. So now turn to your neighbor and repeat after me. Sponsor first. Deal second. Say it again, deal second. Awesome. You are all so very amazing. Was that good stuff? Good, good, yes. So remember, you all have private and very personal stories. Remember that as you're looking at these deals, as you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I just, I really wanna get this deal done. And you know I've had these discussions with very many of you. I really want to get this done. I want to take my family there. I want to do all this. Remember that your investor is thinking the same thing too. Thank you so very much. You are all so amazing. Aloha.